Hello and welcome to Living Hope. This is Pastor Staten, and I want to welcome everybody that is joining us today. A shout out to our E family, all of you that are joining us through the internet. I want to remind you every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, you can join us live at tv.livinghopemd.com. I pray that today's message blesses you and that you enjoy the word as it is shared today. I'm too lost to be found, and I know it's in my mind. Got a hand clap of praise all around the room. Amen. 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 The Lord bless you. We're so honored today to have Pastor Matt Tuttle and Lewis. We're glad to have Lewis today. We've had a lot of fun hanging around with Lewis. He walked in yesterday at the house. Said, Dad, there's a puddle out there that looks pretty clean. Said, can I go play in the, how many of you miss that child just finding joy in a puddle? Earlier, Brother Tuttle told us, he said, now I think he was being a little, um, I think they call it false humility. He was saying he was, um, he, he, he doesn't go too deep when he preaches. He, he, he said he's a, it's a, a puddle, he called it Tuttle Puddle. Well, I just, you know what, why don't we just all get childlike faith and let's get loose in the puddle today. Amen. Let's just enjoy the presence of God. Tell your neighbor, I don't know what you came to do, but I came to praise the Lord. I didn't come to play church. I came to enjoy the Lord. I need more of Jesus. I need his word. I need the strength of God today. Amen. So we are honored to have Pastor Matt Tuttle all the way from Vider, Texas. Amen. He is with us today. I know that his church, I'm sure, would rather he were at home. I know it's a sacrifice. I know how that feels as a pastor. You want to be home, but you also understand that God is opening doors of opportunity to help feed some other congregations. And so we're blessed today to have Pastor Tuttle. We want him to come. Not only is he a great man of God, a great preacher, an amazing preacher. How many of you have been blessed? How many of you are here yesterday? How many of you were here yesterday? How many of you were able to be here this morning for Sunday school? All right. If you've been for, here for all of that, I mean, I'm, I'm busting at the seams right now, just gorging upon the great word of God. All of that is going to be online for you to go back and watch it. But he's also a great friend. And I want to thank God for Matt Tuttle as a friend, not just as a preacher and a man of God, but as a friend, even just this week. Some things I needed to share with somebody that is just, uh, you know, I can't tell the people that you're leading everything about you. I try to be transparent, but there are some things, it's got to be somebody who's going through what you're going through that can understand, and he's been a voice of encouragement for me, and I thank God for that. Would you help me right now? Let's pastor, Let's welcome Pastor Tuttle. Let him know we're ready to receive what God would speak. Thanks, man. Praise the Lord, everybody. And praise the Lord, everybody else. And praise the Lord, everybody else. What a powerful presence of the Lord that's in the house today. And if you are a first-time guest here, you are robbing yourself if you do not return and hear Pastor Staten preach, a great man of the Word and a lover of people. I commend this great body from the time you pull into the parking lot, you can feel the presence of the Lord. I commend you, your excellence with which you serve the Lord that's evident from the way you take care of your building. Thank you for that sound team back here, my goodness, I can, I, I might need to turn my monitors up just a little bit because I really need what I'm going to preach, this is just, you know, I got to hear it, 
And my goodness, how blessed are you to have music and worship like this. My goodness, man. I can bless the Lord with any, anything, but I'm thankful that. And stuff like that doesn't, you know, unless you're Charles Darwin, you know stuff like that doesn't just randomly happen. That took some time. That took some intelligent design. So I commend these great, great people, this, your pastor's family. How blessed are you? It's a few, one of the few times I wish I was a little older so my son was a little older could marry one of these girls, you know. But man, other than that, I'm pretty happy being 39. But I was like, man, if I was 49, he'd be 10 years older and we could work something out and I could be friend, family with my friends but I guess it ain't going to go down unless he's like me I married an older woman takes a lot of skill she's three years older than me yeah I got it I mean I don't want to brag but I just had to throw it out there <laughs> yeah God is good isn't he be still and know that I am God Psalms 46 and verse 10. Go ahead and put it up there. I had someone say, I, I preached, I will not be silent. They came up and said, yeah, but you got to be still and know that I'm God. I said, I'll use, I'll get on your, I'll use your hater as an elevator. That's what I always say, you know. Once you know, so what's the next verse say? The Lord of hosts is with us. He said, I want you to know this, I'm God. Look at your neighbor and say, he's God. And that he is my refuge. Now, who's God? Who's God? What's his name? Sounds to me like y'all know. So what's the next verse? I think it's the next chapter. But it's the next verse, 47 and 1. Oh, see, once you know, you don't have to be still no more. <laughs> you can shout to the Lord with, and here's what's great. And I'm going to start my timer in just a minute so I, my wife doesn't think I preached a long time because she's going to ask me, but this doesn't count. He doesn't just say shout. He tells us how to shout. See, there's all kinds of shouts. There's the there's the woo shout. If you're in Texas, you hear the yeehaw shout. There's the woo. That's my man. Woo. That's my my wife looks beautiful shout. There's the I won the lottery shout. But then there's a shout that sounds like triumph. Now he didn't say you had to be triumphant. He just said you have to know who he is. And if you know who he is, you can You ought to just put your hand on your belly and say, here comes the shout of victory. Hallelujah! And shout, because you know He is God. I honor your family. Matthew chapter 15, 22, familiar passage, very simple thought. As I said, uh, keep it simple. Every diamond is displayed on a black cloth. Every star shines in a black night. I'm the black cloth. He's the diamond and the star, all right? You're blessed, aren't you? Matthew 15 and 22. Y'all just have fun at church. I say that all the time. 
I told the leaders the other night, I think uh, yesterday, fun is underrated in the house of God. Like, like the devil, the you know, they always say, well, pleasure, there's pleasure in sin. That's true, there is pleasure in sin. Anybody ever been drunk? It's, it's good, I guess. I've never been drunk. Pleasure in sin, but the only problem is it's got an expiration date. The Bible says there's pleasure in sin for a season. The Bible also says that at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Who said we don't get to have fun? They were a liar from the damnable pit of hell. I'll tell you who said we didn't have fun. His name is Satan. Because I'm having fun right now. Look at your neighbor and say, this is fun. You know what? People that don't have fun at church, they've never danced. People that don't have fun at church, they've never clapped. They've never spake in tongues. They never ran the aisles. They never rolled on the floor. They've never been to this church. If you're not having fun in church, you've been going to the wrong one. Well, I got a whole so much. Oh, my goodness. Matthew 15 and 22. I love it. Sister Monk going to Holland. I'm excited about that. My son, Lewis, he's awesome, and I'm thankful he's with me. Matthew 5 and 22. Shout amen if you're there. Shout hallelujah if you're looking at the screen. Thank you, screen people. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word, and his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It's not me to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. She said, Truth. Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. For just a few minutes, or maybe a lot of minutes, I'm going to preach great faith. Look at your neighbor and high five him and say, great faith. Make it sound fancier. I'll call it the characteristics of great faith. The characteristics of great faith. Your word was anointed, and it is anointed today. And as we step into your word and open it, gleaning from it the source of our lives, not only to better that in the temporal, but that which will carry us past time into the eternal. Father, I pray now that out of the abundance of your word, you would speak to me and through me to your people. That it would be received as seed into the fertile soil of every heart as it's watered and takes root. That they would reap fruit from this word that we preach. As we leave this house, I pray that your word will have done a work. That we will be encouraged. That joy will have come to the weak. That peace, Father, will come to those that need peace. Whatever you need to do through your word, would you do it? So that when we leave, we can say we were changed by the power of it. And as we leave this place, our hands will be lifted high. And we will give you the praise, for you are worthy of it. In the wonderful name of Jesus. And together we say, in Jesus' name. Why don't we put our hands together, giving him praise for his holy word. Amen. My parents uh, are missionaries. They still are missionaries. And I was raised in the country of the Netherlands, as has been made mention to in my Amazing introduction. I'm like, why are they always so awesome when my wife's not here? You know? If she could hear how awesome I was. It's just like, I'm thankful she didn't introduce me. Let's just put it that way. 
I was raised in, 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 in the Netherlands, and so uh, we were missionaries traveling, and so we were dependent on the financial support of the local assemblies in the United Pentecostal Church here of North America. And so we would travel, perhaps you've witnessed and had a missionary come by, and they will share their burden with you oftentimes. They have, a sli- used to be slides, or uh, now it's little videos, or what pictures, and, and they'll speak their little language and try to impress everybody, get lots of money so they can go back uh, to the field where they're called, and that was me. I was one of those. When I was a kid, uh, they, they would call special missionary services, and, and it's called deputation when we would travel from church to church. And so as a child, by the age of 15, I'd been in church in every state in the United States of America except for Hawaii. Got to miss that one. Like we hit Alaska three times and missed Hawaii. How would we do that? We'd have church on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, sometimes on Saturday, and three times on Sunday sometimes. Not too cool when you're nine. And we would travel around, and my dad, of course, we were attempting to express our burden and and touch someone's heart so that they would support us as we went back to the, the Netherlands, the field of my father's calling. There, uh, so we would be, we were part of the process as kids, and and my dad he would uh, he would dress me and my sister up in little Dutch outfits over there. They, some people still wear wooden shoes, so I had these goofy wooden shoes. Put them on me, put the silly looking hat on me. Get up here, and I'd have to sing in Dutch and try to impress you people. Like, come on, just give your money, you know? Like, come on. And I did four of those deputational tours. Oftentimes, they would last up to two years. And at the conclusion of those, we would head back to uh, the, uh, the, the Netherlands. Now, what's interesting, and it's still a fact even now in 2021, there are songs that, that gain popularity in our movement. And so you'll notice the songs we sing at this church, and Brother Staten can attest to this. They're, they sing them kind of around the movement. Once someone else starts singing, I start singing this song. And, and so I remember one of the tours, I was probably, I don't know, 10 or, I don't know, 10, 10 or 11 years old, and, and there was a song that had really just gained popularity. Everybody was singing it everywhere we went. And it was called Faith, Faith, Faith. Faith, just a little bit of faith. Faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. Faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. You don't need a whole lot, just use what you got. Boom, boom, boom. Faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. Faith, and then we'd go fast. Faith, you can tell it's not 1992 or y'all would be running the aisles. Not even one person's clapping. Faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. Faith, 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 just a little. Boom, chuck, boom, chuck. That was the rhythm back in those days. You don't need a whole lot, just use what you got. Faith, faith, faith. It's one of them songs get stuck in your head. You don't even want it stuck in your head, but it's in your head. That's, that's the kind of song that is. And so I would, uh, they would sing it from one church to the other. And so I remember at the conclusion of this particular deputational journey, by the conclusion of it, I was about 14 years of age. And it was always a very emotional time for our family. It was my father's calling, not mine. I had no desire to go to a country where it rains every day. There's no McDonald's, Wendy's, Dairy Queen, P.F. Chang's, nothing like that. I wanted to stay in America. My mother also, she submitted, of course, to my father, and his burden became her burden. But as we would stand in the airport every time we would go back, we would never, we would go back for four to five years. So my grandmother, my, um, my grandfather, both sides, uh, our family consisted of about 60, 70 people. Our church family included all of them went to the airport knowing that it would be four to five years later that my grandmother would hunt her only grandson and granddaughter. And so you can imagine the tears that would go down my aunts and uncles and cousins' faces as they would say goodbye to their, parent, their family and my 
mother, it would, it would be a hug and then another hug and a, and a hug and another hug. And I'll see you. And I'll call you when I get there. Of course, calling back to the United States in those times required a calling card and cost $5 an hour. So you didn't talk long. Thank God for those days. But it was hard on my mother. And I remember as we were sitting down on the airplane, I'm a young teenager. My mother was convinced that if she grabbed and held to my knee firmly, that the plane would not crash. So as the plane is flying into the air, my mother's tears streaming down her face, her hand gripping with all of her might into my young knee, leaving permanent scars and mental anguish. All of a sudden, a little song comes up into my brain. Faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. You don't need a whole lot, just use what you got. And it, right then as a young boy, I thought, I wonder if it just took a little bit of faith for my mother to get on a plane. She was seven months pregnant the first time they went over to a country where she would give birth to her second child. Doctors that would not speak her language, that would not know her culture. Not having parents or family to assist her in the raising of her children. I'm not here to make you feel sorry. I'm just here to let you know every calling does have a cost. And I'm thankful for people that pay the price. My parents are such people. And so I'm thankful. This image, this image permanently embedded into my young memory. God calls me to preach. I understand that faith is the source of who we are. It must be continually strengthened as Christians. And so I thought, you know, I'm going to preach this message called You Don't Need a Whole Lot. Well, that's a title. I mean, when you're 15, that's pretty awesome. Now I've advanced great faith. <laughs> so I said, I'm going to find somewhere in Scripture where they didn't have a lot of faith and Jesus celebrated them and they still got what they want. But sadly, to my chagrin, it's nowhere to be found in Scripture where Jesus says, oh, you have little faith, you can have your miracle. It's actually quite the contrary. Every time you find Jesus saying little faith, the word next, little next to the word faith, you do not find a miracle transpiring in the, in the coming verses. Actually, it's a reprimand. He's actually getting on to them, saying it's like you can hear the frustration in Christ's voice as he says, Oh, ye of little faith. It's, could you just grow your faith? Oh, if you could have faith as. Oh, if you could just. It's, let me just say God does measure your faith. It's why he tested Abraham. What's he testing in Abraham? He's testing your faith. And so little faith is not to be celebrated. It is in Scripture, though, when you find the word great next to the word faith, every time without exception, every time you find the word great next to the word faith, in a verse very close nearby, there's a supernatural miracle that takes place. I've come this morning on Sunday to tell somebody whose chapters of their life are closing with no verses and miracles. I've just come to tell you perhaps the miracle is linked to the level of your faith. Faith. And maybe if we could get your faith out of kindergarten into a level of greatness, you too can have whatever it is you need today. I know it's, I know it's, look, it's Tuttle's Puddle. You're going to have to just try to clap. To, but if you could just stay with me today. I said if you could ever get your faith out of the kindergarten class, out of high school. Some of you have been in this thing long enough. Your faith ought to have a job. And miracles ought to be being produced. Come on, somebody. I'm out of school. My faith is putting paychecks in the bank. I'm seeing miracles happen. I'm seeing supernatural things happen. Oh, God, increase my faith. Woo. One, two, three, six. I got 16 people standing. 
The rest of y'all looking at me like I'm crazy because I just ticked you off your favorite song. Obviously, you got it on your cassette player in your Jeep. Faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. Like, here he is talking about my song. You know, he don't even know the Bible because the Bible says if you can have faith the size of a grain of mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be the. And, and the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says in Luke chapter 14, and I believe it's verse 8 or 9. You just look, hey, doubters, trust me, look it up at home, just believe me. He said, if you can have faith as a grain of mustard seed. See, it is human nature. It's our propensity to always desire to do the least amount and receive the maximum results. What is the least I can do to get maximum benefit? That's how we look at everything. That's how we look at, that's how we look at God. Oh, really? I can just do a little and move a mountain? But that's not scriptural. He said, you got to love me with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And he said, if you can have faith as a grain of mustard seed. Now, listen, I know this is theologically very elementary. Look at your neighbor and say, we're splashing in the puddle. You don't have to put a swimsuit on. Just roll your pants up. But I need you to be a mustard seed. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a mustard seed. And this mustard seed you, that you are, the Bible says it is the least of all. It's the least of all seeds. Look at your neighbor and say, you're nothing. You're just one in seven billion. You're just one in seven billion. I remember my father at a farmer's market, there was a big box of mustard seeds, and he reached into it, pulled it, dwindled it all down to one tiny little seed. You could barely see it. And he said, son, if you can have faith as this seed, nothing becomes impossible. You can see mountains moved. Look at your neighbor and say, you're the seed. Now, this, the seed is one of seven billion purchased in a bag, taken home by the farmer. The farmer takes it home, and what does he proceed to do? He digs a pit. Am I right? Y'all plant seeds like that up here? He digs a hole in the ground. What's he do with the seed? He throws the seed into the hole in the ground. Now, the least is low. Not only am I the least of all insignificant, unknown seemingly to everybody in the world, now life has put me in a hole. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Come on, I know it's elementary, but we've all been here before. Now, I'm lower than I've ever been, and I'm the least of all, but the farmer's not satisfied to leave me little and low. He's going to take a mountain. Now, it's a handful to the farmer, maybe insignificant to him, but it's about to change my little life. He throws that big old mountain on top of you, the little seed, and the little light that you had in your little, little self is now gone. And I don't know how y'all do it here, but my daddy said after you got the seed in, he said, son, stomp on it and twist it halfway. That's how you plant a seed. That's you. Now you're little, you're low, you're under the pressure of life. But if you can have faith as the seed. See, the seed says, uh, I can stay here. I can moan and complain about everybody and everything. Everybody's against me. It's all negative. Nobody's for me. They forgive me. I don't get recognized in the church bulletin. I'm not. My picture's not on the website. I don't know why the preacher gets all the credit. Or you can say, I'm not going to stay like this. This isn't how it is and you begin and if you can have faith that says I may be low but this isn't how it is you can come on some of you waiting on your minds to be blown some of you just need your mountain to be moved can you give him praise I'm gonna move the mountain faith 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 that's faith 
That's faith isn't measured by our ability. You know, faith is not measured by the length of your house or the size of your car. Faith, it's not, ooh, man, thank God. Oh, brother, God, oh, man, goodness. That was amazing. The Bible says we're to weep with them that weep. I love this church. But it also says you're to rejoice with them that do rejoice. I've learned everybody weeps with the weepers, but seldom do they leap with the leaper. You guys have got it. Amen. Faith is not measured by the length of a car, the size of a house, or the thickness of your wallet. But you measure your faith by your ability to withstand opposition and affliction in your life. Come on, faith is when you don't have a penny in your pocket, but you're saying, Jehovah Jireh, he's my provider. Faith is when your legs are broke, but you're waving your hands saying, uh, he's a way maker. Faith is when you're sick in your body saying, he's my healer. That, that, that's faith. Faith is when you get up on your feet, clap your hands and say, amen, preacher. I've heard it before, but I'm going to shout it again because I've got faith. Faith. And so scripture says that this lady, she had family problems. She had problems with her kids. And I found out every family's got some problems. This lady's got a problem with her child. And so she's coming to Christ, passionately pursuing after him, screaming, screaming. Desperate people don't care. See, some people, they'll sit in church all cool. I see you sitting there all cool. Just wait till you get cancer. You'll come out of your pew. Just wait till your kids get demon-possessed. I figured I'm going to go ahead and do it every service so I can just go ahead and let the devil know how I respond. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on my daughter. Great faith realizes it can affect its family. Great faith has the ability to change the atmosphere at the family reunion. Great faith understands baby don't even have to be in the building. I can have faith. Great faith believes for their family. Oh, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. And, and, and you know what the Bible says? says Jesus did he answered her not a word now I'm from Texas down there we call that being ignored that's calling and him hitting the red button so quick you know he hit the red button like Jesus you could have just let it ring till it hit the voicemail but you're hitting the red button pow 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 he's ignored there is nothing more frustrating than being ignored I mean, I can't stand it when you're trying to talk to somebody and they texting on their stupid phone. I want to take that phone. Oh, I, gotta, I gotta be careful. I don't like being ignored. You don't like being ignored. And if you came into this church and no one greeted you at the man, these greeters, you got Southern hospitality at the door. Unbelievable. I love it. Y'all are awesome. And if you came through the front door and, and you came in and you stuck your hand out and I was like, uh, hey, man, how you doing? Woo! You're already thinking, well, I'll just stay because I got to impress my cousin who invited me, so I'll go sit down. But I sure ain't coming back. Ignored. And here, let me just tell you something. There will be times in your Christian journey along the way you will pray and it will be as if God is not answering you. I know I'm not supposed to say that. I'm supposed to say you pray for $100 and Jesus gives you 200 But sometimes you pray for $100 and you don't get any money. Sometimes you pray for healing and you walk away from the altar. You got more pain than when you came up. There's times you pray and it's like your prayers don't even, my, they don't even hit the ceiling. 
looks like they ain't even getting out of this body. There's times like that. It is in times like that that we are so spiritual, we will justify it spiritually and say, well, it must just not be God's will. Or maybe you should just have great faith. Because what did she do when she was ignored? Here's what she did. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. First characteristic of great faith, great faith never gives up. Oh, I've heard that before. Yeah, that's the easiest sounding, hardest thing you'll ever do. Great faith never gives up. Great faith makes its mind up hell or high water. Everybody leaves. It all goes down, but I'll be here. This is the only answer. This is the only cure. This is the only hope. Great faith never gives up. Look at your neighbor and say, you can't give up. You can't give up. It's not hard to have great faith, but it kind of is. Great faith never gives up. My mother and father, after they had been wed in the mid-70s, desired to have children. My, come to find out, my mother was in, it was impossible. She had an incurable disease, specialist after specialist, doctor after doctor, told it's not possible. You will not have children. But I had a mother that had great faith. So in 1976, she began going to the altar. She went forward and got prayed for. And guess what happened? Absolutely nothing. God didn't heal her in 1976 at that altar. So she just kept on going to the altar all through 1977. Every altar call, my mama says, she says, I would go up, I have, she said, I'd go up and I'd get prayed for. If it was Wednesday night Bible study, she said, I went up and I got prayed for. She says, if it was Sunday morning and I didn't have a clue what the preacher was saying, I went up and I got prayed for. She said, if it was Sunday night and it was an old man and it went too long, I went up and I got prayed for. She said, it happened in 1977. I tried in 1978 and 1980, July 30th. I stood in a prayer line for two hours, she said. At the end of that prayer land was a man by the name of T.W. Barnes. He laid his hands on me on July 30th of 1980. And nine months to the day, April 30th of 81, Matthew Lewis Tuttle was born. So why are you preaching great faith? I'll tell you why. Because you're looking at the results of a mother who said, I'll never give up. So you can tell me God doesn't work miracles. You can tell me it's all fake and baloney. But you're too late. You're too late to tell a miracle. There are no miracles. He's able. He's just looking for somebody that says, I know it's Sunday and I came last week, but I'm going to do it again. I know it's Wednesday night Bible study, but I've got a promise. My baby's going to be saved. My daughter's got a devil, and I'm not. I wonder if I could just get somebody to believe for the, for the need you put behind a stone and said, well, it's just not God's will. I'm not going to pray for it anymore. It must just not be God's will. I'm not going to ask him. No. Ask again. Ask again. Believe again. Don't give up on your daughter. Oh, but you don't understand. They're in a different kind of lifestyle. They're complete. No. Don't you give up. Don't you ever, ever, ever give up. Never, ever. Give up. Great faith isn't how loud you speak in tongues. 
How great you prophesy. How cool and fast you can tie a tie. Great faith isn't all that jazz. Great faith isn't how you dance and shout and interpret tongues. Great faith is an ability. People of great faith are solid people that never wave. They just keep on keeping on. One, Come on. Enoch, please God. You know how Enoch pleased God? He walked with God. He didn't run with God. He didn't sprint with God. He just made up his mind. One foot, next foot. Next day, next day, next day. Preacher never wondered if he was going to be at prayer meeting. Preacher never wondered. Pastor never worried about him not being at Sunday church. It never happened. Why? Because he was a person of great faith. It's like I had a pastor said he didn't make one error in the introduction. He's like, I'm sure his people are missing him. They're not missing me. They're glad I'm gone. Because I'm like the number one irritator in chief. A preacher is a professional ticker-offer. Just ask Peter. First message, what did he do? Ticked him off. It's what we do. They're glad when I'm gone. I had one of them come up to me. Come on. I probably shouldn't say it. I'm just going to get everybody ticked off here. And I don't want to tick. I want to have a place I can go when they kick me out of where I'm at. And then, ooh, Brother Tuttle, I got a word. I said, I'll hear it when I hear you, when you come hear my word. See, I mean, I, that's just how it is. That's why they're glad I'm gone. Don't come tell me how spiritual you are when you can't even be faithful to church. You know what I mean? Because faithfulness is entering through the joy of the Lord, thy good and see, that's the sign of somebody with great faith. They're dependable in a world that, no, you can't depend on anybody. You can't even hardly depend on your cell service. They're dependable. They're dependable. She just keeps on because great faith never gives up. High five, you know, you say, great faith never gives up. Jesus, the son of David, 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 Jesus, the son of David. She's that, she's that girl in church that you hope doesn't go off when you bring your visitor. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about. You're like, okay, I got my cousin here. Please don't let Sister So-and-so get blessed. Please, please, Lord, please, please, God, please, please, please. But you know she's going to get blessed. Jesus! Oh, have mercy on my daughter. I gotta, come on. And really your visitor kind of needs them to go off because that's really what they're looking for. Jesus. Finally, finally, she's so loud and boisterous and crazy and dramatic and emotional. Sounds like a Pentecostal church. It ticked off the church board. It did. Just You didn't read the book. We just read it. Y'all looking at me like, really? Yeah, it really did. Church board goes to the pastor. They're like, pastor, you know, crazy chick, you know, that keeps screaming and shouting and running on the aisles and screaming about her daughter that won't leave yet. Could you talk to her? Bring her in your office. I mean, no, you don't have to do it hard, but just get her. We're trying to reach, you know, this. we're now in the nice building. We used to be in the crazy building. Now we're in this building. We got the fancy chairs. and this. Uh, we don't need none of that stuff no more. We've, we've gone, you know. And you know what Jesus did? Jesus went over to her. And he's like, hey, chick. And you know, she's like, she's like, oh, it's about to happen. It's coming. We're not here for your type. Ooh, you talk about race relationships now. It's a, oh, 
Oh! Now, I don't know how it is here, but it, I'm going to tell you, if I'd have come in, i got to be honest, because that's what I do. If I'd have come in and y'all had ignored me, I'd have been like, I'd have texted my wife and said, these are the rudest people I've ever been with. But I'd have stayed. i got to get my paycheck. But if he'd have got up today and said, you know, we're really not here for people that are six foot five from Texas that are tall, slightly balding, or a lot balding, with black shoes and white shirts and blue suit coats and blah. I'd be sitting there on that front row looking at my blue suit, my white shirt, my black shoes, my Texas tall self. I'd be like, where's the offering plate? I'd go to the offering plate, take my money out of the offering plate. <laughs> and take some of y'all's money out of the offering plate. I'd take it. I'd be like, I am out of here. I'm not appreciated for who I am. I'll go to a church that does respect my ministry. I'll go to a church that does let me sing. I'll go to a church that does let me preach. I'll go to a church that appreciates me. I got a lot to offer. I am Matthew Tuttle. If you didn't know, I preach North American Youth Congress. You're laughing because you do the same thing. You got ignored. Now he's telling you, you're, he's not here for your type. Woo! The snowflakes in 2021 would be melting. It would be an avalanche, like there'd be a river just whoosh. But we're not here to talk about the snowflakes or the modern weak culture we're in. We're here to talk about great. See, I'm not here. If, 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 if you like that, you probably ain't going to get a miracle. Because there will be times in your journey where God will seem far away. So far when you pray, he's silent. There will be times it feels like even those nearest you that should be for you are against you. And it is in this moment that your faith is tested. Not on Sunday with Brother Tuttle when we're having a good time. But in those moments when your need's the greatest and your night's the darkest. It's here that we've got to look at what great faith, first thing, it never gives up. What does it do after it's been ignored and rejected? In verse 25 of Matthew chapter 15, we read it. Matthew 15 and 25. Then she came. You ignored me. You rejected me. Okay, I got a little something for you. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble will hear thereof and be glad. Oh, I got to praise. I got to praise. And I got. See, you can praise God when things are well. You can praise God when the daughter's well. But great faith has an ability in the darkest night when everything's going wrong to get up off its pew and begin to give God praise for the things that are not as though they are. I wonder if I got somebody on a Sunday morning that could get up out of your pew and say, I'm a worshiper. I'm a worshiper. Come on, if you can't praise him when things are well, this is just project. practice for when you're going through hell. I said this is practice for when you're going through hell. Can you bless the Lord? Can you give him praise? Can you worship Great faith never gives up. 
Great faith always worships. You don't have to beg great faith to worship. You don't have to say great faith. Preach with me now. Come on, preach with me. Get up on your feet. Get up. Come on, little bubby. Come on, little Get up. Well, I don't really like the song. I don't really like the way he's doing that. Hey, baby. I don't. My faith isn't driven by what I like. My faith is driven by what I need. I need a miracle. I didn't come to preach for all the people that got everything they need. Won't. I've got somebody in the house. Come on. I didn't come to preach to your feelings. I came to preach to your faith. To tell you if you got a need in your life. If you've got a need in your family there's a God he's able you've got to learn to never give up and to always worship help me worship is a sign of humility help me I am in need that's what praise says I am in need of you as I said, we started a church in the Netherlands. When we arrived, uh, there was one lady there. She was 83 years of age that was in our church. So we had one member. One member. And my dad felt called to start a church in the city of Amsterdam. Now, I know y'all think it's pretty bad right here in Lexington Park. But you ain't got nothing on me. I was raised in Amsterdam. Where you can walk down the street and pick out a prostitute. Man, woman, mix, whatever you want. From behind a window. Of course, drugs have been legal there for a long time. I was raised up until junior high. I had to take a stand because they would, all of the guys and gals after gym went into the same shower room, got naked. All of my friends lost their virginity before they were 14 years of age. All of them did drugs. Uh, I was taught as a child and as a kindergartner, they would take us into a gym, put us on a mat. Strip us down to our underwear. The animal we reenacted the best was the animal we were before we were a human. I had to take a stand as a young boy. I didn't have a youth group. I didn't have a ch- My goodness, I didn't have a church. I didn't have, look at y'all. If I'd have had that, phew, man, I'd have been a great preacher. I had to tell you what, I didn't have, I, I didn't, I had my, it was me and my sister in the youth group. We weren't dating each other. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> not, we're not from West Virginia, you know what I mean? We, My dad said, we're going to have revival. We're going to have revival. And so we rented a, we rented a little, uh, a little uh, like, community building. And in the community building, there was a bar. And my dad, we didn't have any money. My dad went in there. He told the owner of that thing. He said, look, I want to rent this building. And he told him the price. He said, man, could I get a discount? He said, I have a professional janitor that attends my church. And so what I could do is the Saturday night parties that y'all have, my professional janitor team, he could clean this up for you. And I was like, he's my, the guy was like, yeah, whatever. So he worked some kind of deal out, got it for a steal of a deal. And so they didn't bring the janitor in between Saturday night's beer, drug, whatever party. And so dad comes home and he tells my mom about it. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, yeah, this is awesome, man. I'm like, who's the janitor? Oh, son, you're the professional janitor. You're a professional. I said, I'm not a professional. Yes, you are. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't start here. Let's put it that way. 
So we would get to church early. We, you know, we had to pray at home because when you got to church, there was beer bottles and drug paraphernalia. Saturday night's party was all over this community center, and I was the professional cleaner upper. <laughs> so I, my magic trick with cleaning is bleach. I've ruined many pants. All my church pants had little white specks at the bottom of them. Look, look, bleach. See, y'all don't even know. All this modern stuff, bleach, it's amazing. 50 cents for a whole gallon. And it smells awesome. It's like, that's clean. Put it in that big old bucket, sweep it around. Now, we didn't have air conditioners, so I'd open up the windows. And, uh, and I mean, it's pretty pretty bad combo to have throw up beer and bleach smell. Uh, pretty, pretty unique. And anyway, we'd set up the chairs. We, had, we didn't have <laughs> luxury. We didn't have this. We had metal folding chairs that folded in half and kept in a closet. There was 50 of them in that closet. Well, we had a total of five people, me, my mom, my dad, my sister, and an old lady, Oma Smith. And so I set up ten chairs, five on one side, five on the other side. I thought that was pretty amazing. That's doubling our attendance. My dad comes in the first service. I'll never forget. He's like, what on earth? He said, how many chairs are there? I said, 50. He said, why you only got ten? I said, because we got five people. He said, set them all up. I said, set them all up. He said, yeah, we're not always going to have ten people. We're not always going to have five people. Set them up, all the chairs. I'm like, that's easy because you're not setting them up. Under, <laughs> under my breath. Trust me. Set up, I set 25 on this side, 25 on that side. Now, it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. It was real bad because the professional janitor was also the professional praise leader. You, you know you got troubles. When the guy come, it was bad. So I'm the song leader. Now, what's even worse about this, this is probably on the Internet, so pause this part. You got it paused? Good. My mother was the musician, and all she could play was an accordion. And the accordion, I just don't know how to say things politely, so I'm just going to say she was horrible. Like, the world's worst accordion player ever. And, and like, this is her, now it's okay. I'm just kidding. She knows she's not good. This is how her, her accordion playing sound, like this. That's a fast song. You know what the slow song sounded like? She only knew three songs. She knew Amazing Grace, Because He Lives, and Praise Him. I remember one, y'all okay? I remember one service, I was, I was done early with the setup. They hadn't had a big party. I'm sitting on the front row just waiting on church to start. My dad said, son, have you prayed over the song service yet and what we're going to sing? I'm like, no, nothing to pray about. We got three options, Amazing Grace, Because He Lives, and Praise Him. He's like, son, you need to be praying about the song service. I said, okay, I'll pray about what order. God, do you want me to start fast and work slow or slow and work fast? You make the call today. Well, my strategy was start slow, work fast, hope for the blowout. So I would always start, you know, with amazing grace and work my way up. Now, like I said, hey, we didn't have, we, Motiva Montage 8, Yamaha. Nord Stage 2, you got the red keyboard. Let me tell you, these are nice. I know my stuff. And look at this. Y'all got guitars up here having babies. Like, woo! And then you're like, let's, you know, we got the missionary coming. Let's put a house around the drums. 
we don't just have a drum set. We built a house for the drums in the house. Why does the drums need a house? You're in a house. And then you're like, let's just throw some mics up here and let's put up a screen. No, let's put up three. We'll throw one on the back wall just for nobody. Look at this. We didn't have microphones, and y'all like, we got cordless mic. If they could see me now. <laughs> we had to go to the river and the lakes. Y'all got one right here. Amazing. Look at this. Wow. I sometimes I still pinch myself. It's unbelievable. And I'd get up and sing my songs, and I'm going to tell you what happened. In one service, we had one member. We doubled. In one service, we doubled our membership. We had two people. Y'all like, <laughs> that's just one person. But doesn't it sound better if you say double? You know what I have learned? You got to learn how to talk to the devil. Some people can take a good situation and make it sound bad. Some people can make an average situation sound great. I've just learned it's all in how you talk. And it sounds better to say double than it does say one person. It's not lying. It just sounds better. And really, if you can look at your life through the lens of faith, it's a whole lot better than it is right now. I said your world is better. You just need to talk about it better. Your marriage isn't as bad as the devil's got you thinking it. It's better. So rephrase the terminology to the phrase of faith and say we doubled and in one service we doubled and we had 83 year old Oma Smith and we had 67 year old Annie Kopinka. We put her in the youth group. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do man. You got to do what you got to do. I mean I'm a single man. Like I said older ladies. This is Well, now I'm starting off my singing song, and our theory was start slow, work fast, hope for the blowout. So here we go. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. And Annie Kopnikov said on the left side, second row, right where you're sitting. That saved, her hands would go up. Like me, I once was lost. And then I'd go into, because he lives. I can face tomorrow. Boy, tears would start streaming down her face. I'd sing the same song week in, week out. Tears streaming down her face, a little hand shake like this. Because I know, I know he holds the future. And, oh, God, life is worth it, Jesus. She'd start saying, life is worth it. God, thank you that I'm not where I used to be, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that I'm not where I used to be, Jesus. And life is worth the living just because he lives. And then I'd bust out the fast song, the only fast song I had. Praise him. Come on, praise him. Praise him in the morning. Praise him in the noontime. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him till the sun goes down. I had, I, I'm also a songwriter. You forgot that part. I would throw in, so I wrote a new song every Sunday. I would go, love him. Come on, love him. Love him in the morning, love. And I'd go, next Sunday, peace, peace, peace in the morning, Joy, joy, any spiritual word that I could fit into that song, I'd be like, Melchizedek, Melchizedek. I just said whatever I had to do. I had to do what I had to do, man. But then I came up with the magic formula, guaranteed to work. Know if you sing it, it's going to happen. Jesus, well, it's Jesus. Jesus in the morning, Jesus in the noontime, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. 
She could not help herself. She'd start shouting like this. Metal chairs are flying that way. That way she's out there going, oh, God, i got to give you praise, Jesus. Jesus, i got to. It smelled like bleach, throw up, and beer mixed together. Over in the corner. And she's just shouting and bucking and giving God praise. And here you sit on a padded pew with a Nord II and a Yamaha and a drum cage. And you're going to stand beside her in judgment one day. One day, Annie Kopinka. And my God, I hope she's not in front of you. Because you came into this house and you got a padded pew, three screens, and a cordless mic. Now maybe, maybe you understand why Matthew Tuttle dances like I dance. I did it in a bar room. I did it with beach and beer and throw up in an accordion. And so, baby, I'm just giving him praise. I've learned to do it no matter where, no matter what. This is who I am. I'm almost done. I don't, my time's up. One Sunday, I'd set up my chairs, and Annie was there. Church hadn't started. And she took me by the hand. And she said, Matthew, will you misschien weten waarom ik dans? So I dance. And of course, I said, Yeah, you thought y'all were smart over here on the East Coast. Gotcha. In Dutch, she said, Matthew, you want to know why I dance sometimes the way I dance? Little frail lady, small, rode her bike to church, no joke, in the rain. And I said, well, you know what? I guess I kind of would like to know. <laughs> I've been embarrassed by it many a times. <laughs> we're standing, come on, Bubba. She's, we're standing there in the middle, and, and, and she says, well... See, I really get to dancing sometimes, and I look at the chairs in front of me, and they're all empty. She said, so I start to think, I'm going to give God praise for the people that are going to sit in this pew. She said, and then I look over here, and I think I'll give God praise for the people in this pew. She said, and I've got four sisters and one brother, and I'm giving God praise. They're going to sit next to me on my aisle. She said, and man, my nephew and nieces, I've got 20 of them. She said, I'm believing God's going to fill up this area with them. I believe, Matthew, one day we're going to have young people. And I was wondering if maybe you could dance with me today for the young people. And I said, baby, I'll dance with you for the young people and I'll never stop dancing for the young people I'll never stop worshiping I just wonder oh you want to know what happened the next person we baptized was her sister. You know who the next person was? Her other sister. Until we got all four and the brother. You know what? The pastor of that church we started, that's her nephew. She's got 18 of them filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Oh, you can sit on the back row, suck your thumb and complain about how you don't have the right circumstances. Or you can have great faith. And you can get up out of your pew. And you can be, I'm going to praise him. It's dark. It's lonely. My daughter's got a disease. I just wonder if I got somebody that could praise God for the miracle. The miracle you need. Come on, you don't have to wait on me. You can give him praise for whatever it is you need. You can give him. I wonder if you could bless him at all the time. Great faith never gives up. I said great faith never gives up. Great faith never gives up. 
great faith always worships. Can I get somebody in living hope to lift your hands in the middle of your mess? Can I get somebody in Lexington Park, Maryland to give him praise right where you're at? Can you get the vision of whatever it is you need, the thing you've buried in the grave, and say, God, I'm going to worship you. I'm going to give you praise. I'm going to lift up your name. I'm going to glorify you right here in the middle of all this right where I'm at right what I'm going through you are the mighty God Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. The power of the Holy Ghost is in this room right now. Great faith never gives up. Great faith. Come on. The devil's solution for all your problems is the same. Quit. Quit the twit church. Quit your marriage. Give up on your kids always. But great faith, quit is not in its vocabulary. Never gives up. Always worships. You're a dog. And she said truth. Because the third characteristic is great faith can never be offended. Along the way, you'll be ignored. Along the way, you'll be rejected. And along the way, it is impossible, but that offenses will come. But great faith says, blessed is he who is not offended in thee. I'm at a level in my faith where there's not a person, there's not a place, there's not an attitude, there's not a song or a sermon that can get me out of this place. Because the only hope I have for my daughter, the only hope I have for my future is right in this room. It's right here. And the only reason you would quit is because you think there's something out there that can fix it. But the truth is you found out many a year ago the only hope is Jesus. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to worship. I feel the Holy Ghost here. I know we're not going to moan and groan. We're going to worship. We're going to give. She, come on. I don't see her just. I see her worshiping. If she can worship God, ignored, rejected, offended, daughter, demon, possessed, there's no excuse for anyone in this room. So if you're comfortable, step out into your aisle. I want you to grab somebody by the hand, and we're going to worship God. We're going to worship God. And as we begin to worship God, somebody walked into this room, and you've buried a promise. You've hidden it in a tomb. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. Be sure to subscribe and watch us every Sunday at 11 a.m., Eastern Standard Time. Also, visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. So I'm gonna wait on you, Jesus. I'm gonna wait on you, Jesus.